0: Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning this podcast does contain spoilers for the Ryorden Verse series. Hello everyone to wherever you are tuning in from, whether it be here on YouTube if you're watching visually or on the Best Damn Camp, my Percy Jackson and so on and so forth podcast. Um, If you are on YouTube, of course you are ahead of everyone right now because you can see that I am not alone for this episode. I have a fantabulous guest in the form of author and just mythology and fantasy extraordinaire laurie m lee and i it's such a pleasure to have you on the show it's oh my god what show it's channel whatever it is that i do (laughs) (laughs) um it's amazing to have you here thank you so much for coming to speak with me
1: thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
0: oh of course honestly your your work in your fantasies and especially your upcoming book with the rick Riordan presents imprint I'm just fascinated by the whole thing and I'm so excited uh, I've pre-ordered already I'm raring to go (laughs) Um, and hopefully when everyone has tuned into this they will be pre-ordering as well uh, to hopefully build up the hype so the book does really really well Um, but just to kind of dive on into uh, this discussion here relating to you and your work Um, obviously you've written for various different ages and in different formats including novels and short stories um what would you kind of say is the most interesting part of writing for these different ages and forms um and what about them would you say is probably the hardest part with all of them
1: um i think the most interesting part or at least the part that i enjoy the most is um being able to reach a wider audience with my work Mm. Um, I just want to be able to successfully write across all age categories because I'm kind of, I'm the kind of person who just wants to try all the things to see, <laughs> like, you know, what I do best. Um, I don't want to limit myself to just one or two mm. and it's the most rewarding thing to get letters or emails from both young readers and adults about how much they enjoy my stories. So I fully intend to keep writing, you know, as many age categories as I can, as long as they'll let me. <laughs> um, and then the most difficult, I would say, the most difficult age category that I've tried to write for so far would be middle grade, which would be like the Pahoa and the Soul Stealer, Soul- 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 which is coming out. Um, I think my writing more naturally skews toward YA, the YA voice. Mm-hmm. And I never thought <clears throat> I'd find the right voice for middle grade voice is one of those writing tools that it's really hard to teach because it's it's the character's unique worldview like their tone and their word choices and perceptions Um, Mm. and while I love reading middle grade I didn't think I had the voice for it Uh, plus it felt especially daunting to write for this age group Mm. um, because it's such a formative part of their lives when they're thinking about who they are and where they fit in in the world and I don't know it's it's humbling and scary to think about your book having any sort of role in that um also children are very open-minded in general
0: but they're also more honest so they're gonna let you know if you got it wrong (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I suppose that's kind of like the the most seemingly terrifying bit is like kids will tell you whether or not they don't like something (laughs) or they do (laughs) um it's something I both appreciate in, in the oh god I feel old saying it, in the quote-unquote youth but also it's just like I'm very very sensitive like I don't know how it'd be for uh, being an author for middle grade as well just like just hearing the feedback hopefully they're lovely most of the time but
1: yeah no I, I feel like most kids are just absolutely wonderful and like even when they say they don't like something they're not doing it in any sort of malicious way you know that's what's like so lovely about them they're just saying how they feel and how they think
0: yeah so they're basically they're basically they're not good reads good reads is like <laughs> right. the opposing side like the evil side of things so they're the nicer side of it that's what good reads <laughs> should be is these kids yes <laughs> I, I avoid good reads uh like the plague <laughs> good decision i've made that mistake many times but oh, Well. <laughs> But um, in, in regards to your middle grade as well, um, obviously, having joined um, Rick Rowden Presents imprint family, as, as it's being referred to, uh, with your upcoming uh, Southeast Asian mythology story, the way, and the Soul which, by the way, seen the cover recently in, like, the, in the format with the arc as well. Oh my God, it's so pretty. Like if yeah. just the cover alone, I'm just like quiet. Yeah. The cover alone, <laughs> and the story is just the extra bonus. Um, but um, for that story, how did this sort of opportunity come about, and what it's what has it been like working with the imprint? So, like a lot of people, I heard about
1: Rick Ryden Presents when it was first announced with um, Arusha as their first mm. book, um, which is. Amazing! I love the the whole series. Um, and I thought, like, when I saw it, I was like, "Wow! Like, I would love to write for this. That would be like ideal." But I'd never written in middle grade, and I didn't know how. (laughs) So (laughs) I sort of just pushed that idea to the back of my mind and kept working on my YA because I was just like, "I love. I would love to write for it." But until you know, I I like feel more confident being able to even like write in middle grade. I would just I was just gonna stick to my way but then I was reading and loving the books and the imprint that, that the imprint were putting out and in 2018 I was just seized by this idea of uh, a young girl journeying into the spirit realm to save the souls of stolen children um, which is actually a very familiar idea in Hmong shamanism um, mm. and it made so much sense to me as a middle grade story so I knew I had to write that um, but again I'd never written a middle grade <laughs> so I just I researched um, you know, how, how to do so. And I also began researching um, Hmong mythology and folklore. Mm. Um, there's actually very few books devoted solely to Hmong folklore because all of our stories have been passed down orally. Mm. Um, and the Hmong didn't even have a written language until like maybe 50 or so years ago. And that's, that's only when, you know, our stories and our history began being put down into paper. So there's really not that much out there, Um, but I gathered what I could, you know, and I listened to my mom's stories and I and my um, brother's stories and like all the stories that I was told growing up. Um, And in 2019, I wrote the whole book, which I think was actually the fastest I've ever written a book and I had so much fun writing the book. Um, but I polished up the first 100 pages and sent that to my agents just to like to get her opinion on, you know, how it's going, because, again, I'd never written a middle grade. Um, and then I told her, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. I told her that Rick Riden Presents would be my dream imprint for this book. And she came back with, oh, great, we'll put together a proposal. And then I just about died. I was just like, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, yeah so it, it just seemed like an impossibility at that time but um but Stephanie Lurie who is the editorial director editorial director for the imprint at Disney um, she ended up loving the pages Um, and luckily the acquisitions team loved the pages (laughs) Um, and then I was on my phone with my agent right before Thanksgiving in 2019 we were talking about a bunch of things but that's when she told me you know that uh, Rick Ryden Presents had offered on the book and I hung up with her and I burst into tears (laughs) Um, it, it was like probably I, I was just very overwhelmed and it was only one of two times I've ever cried about something writing related. And I've been in publishing for like a decade. So that's, wow. yeah, that's how that happened. Um, working with them has been genuinely wonderful. Like I wasn't sure what to expect, but it, it's been really, really positive. They care so much about getting it right in terms of like how I want to present my culture and the folklore. Mm. They wanted among artists for the cover, which was great, and they've been just so incredibly understanding about how everyone is just a little bit run dry with like the pandemic and mm. working from home, with having kids in the house nonstop with virtual schooling. So I I feel extremely fortunate about that, and also it was surreal getting rick's notes on my book oh. and his for- reading his foreword, which made me grin like the entire time i was reading it i'm really excited for
0: other people to read it wow oh my gosh it sounds like such a journey that's that's amazing um oh my god i can't i'm I'm not even involved in the situation and i'm kind of <laughs> speechless <laughs> but that's that's incredible as well just especially the inside that they want to make sure things are done right for the cultures as well because that's obviously that's extremely important to make sure that everything works and is important and represents the culture as best it can because obviously nothing is the monolith sort of situation as well but the fact that they were getting a cover artist who is um as well is i I hope i said that right by the way apologies okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) um but the fact that they did that as well is is amazing and uh, I didn't know that before, but I now do. And oh my gosh, that now I love the cover even more. Like that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, they care a lot in the shows. Oh, definitely. Um, and I'm glad that they showed that level of care for uh, Pua as well. That's that's brilliant, And uh, I'm really glad to hear that your experience as well has been really, really good within the imprint. Um, I'm sure other people who are listening or watching are, are really glad to hear that um, as well. Um, and I'm definitely more excited like that the anticipation is growing for yeah. uh, Steven. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> In my head I'm just like I want to read the book, but I'm also now intrigued about this. This uh oh god I've lost the word the the thing at the front with what written forward said. forward that's it oh my gosh no, I have okay. words like fall <laughs> out of my head so have to all the time. <laughs> yes the forward as well oh my gosh that's uh that's gonna be amazing Is there? Can I convince like Amazon or someone to like release it early just so I can read this book?
1: (laughs) I mean, Amazon does sometimes have that you know look inside feature. They might, they might put it up. I haven't checked.
0: (laughs) note to self check after this to see if that's a thing <laughs> all right cool sorry total aside there from me <laughs> of my own excitement for this story but um in regards to both the of this series that you're working obviously with Pura and um the shaman born series which um obviously i showed earlier also got a copy of your work and guys it's amazing I'm just saying, thank God, you <laughs> and, and pre-order the the sequel as well that's uh coming out I know June you said, June, there we go. Hide it here, go, go pre-order or buy now whenever this comes, buy it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for both uh, the Shambon and Pura book um, and the fact that they discuss and explore characters of magic and Hmong shamanism what kind of in particular I know you touched on it briefly um with your your history and your family but what in particular about it inspired you to delve into these elements of the magic and what would you like to explore about um the culture in future in your work? So actually Forest of Souls is the first
1: book where I gave myself permission to even include parts of my cultural heritage, just in elements like um, names, food, social hierarchy, and and the magical system being inspired by Hmong shamanism. Like before that, part of why I didn't include Hmong elements was because like first I just didn't think I could. (laughs) Mm. I figured no one would want to read it because publishing was and generally is overwhelmingly white. Um, the fantasy books I grew up reading and falling in love with—they never featured Asian characters, you know. Mm. Or if they did, they were the stranger from a distant land, you know, someone who was clearly other, right? Mm. So as a kid, I internalized this, you know, really damaging idea that people who looked like me just weren't welcome in fantasy books. Um, so I never. Um, it actually took a really long time for me to dismantle that in my head and then even longer for me to like allow myself to write parts of myself, put to put parts of myself onto the page. <clears throat> and then the second reason was because i was just afraid of getting it wrong like um i was afraid of the judgment i would get from our own own community but also because we have so little representation in mainstream media like the Hmong Mm. are very small they're they're like a subculture of or sub subculture i don't know if that's the right word subculture of like they're a minority of a minority you know like Mm. so very few people even know who the Hmong are um and so we have we have so little um, representation that it felt like an enormous responsibility mm. um, but I had to let go of that as well because I just I hated the double standard of how most white authors you know aren't judged for pulling inspiration from random western cultures and like meshing it into their own fantasy world um, so why can't I? <laughs> you know, yes. like I'm writing fantasy, I'm not writing nonfiction. I should be allowed to play with my culture stories and my and like upend things and like, you know, turn things around. And so that's what I did. And I just I had so much fun creating my version of the spirit realm in Beho and the Soul Stealer and like um incorporating like the folk tales that I grew up hearing about into her world. And that was just a lot of fun and I hope <laughs> I hope other people agree. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, I just, I just, I hope I get to explore more facets of those types of stories and like the folk tales for, for future books. And I mean, I'm not planning to write only books, you know, inspired by mythology. I don't, I also don't want to put myself in that box. I want to be able to write anything I want, essentially.
0: That's great to hear. And I, I would definitely be interested in basically anything that you're writing in future. Of, it's just like it's already on my pre-order, list, basically. Um, um, even though they don't have a pre-order, in my mind, they're already on pre-order. So, um, But uh, it's, it's incredible to hear. And uh, what you say about fantasy as well, the fact that it is so predominantly white is, well, that's publishing, really, that publishing yes. as a whole is yeah. very white. It's disappointing. It's like snail pace like change at the moment of it but
1: yeah like the reality of it is that Paho and the Soul Stealer I just don't think it would have been able to sell even like a decade ago like mm. it sounds like a long time but I've been publishing for a decade like that's when I first got my agent and when my debut novel was sold um but like you know 10 years ago I don't think anyone would have been interested in this book mm. so it's it's a testament i guess to how far publishing has come which is really amazing but we still have a long way to go
0: exactly very much so um and hopefully in the next decade on things will change even further and we won't have this idea of just like this side of fantasy it's just white western images within fantasy um so um oh god either this is going to be a really nice thing to look back on in 10 years or I'm going to be like oh man we were so wrong and hopefully we are <laughs> but publishing publishing get your act together please I'm begging you so much um but oh, I feel like I always end up ranting about how publishing needs to get ahead of itself but hopefully it sorts itself out and I will get back on topic now Sorry, as you can tell, I'm a tangent kind of person. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of um, the Ryan Presents work and Pohua and the Solstreet in particular, what are sort of the top or main things from the story that you want and feel the readers should get out of the story itself? Sort of like, what is the message that you want people to take from it?
1: Um, I think first and foremost, I wrote a story to entertain like, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily set out to, to deliver a message. Um, as a kid, like, when I read books, they were escapism. They were, you know, I read them to entertain myself, or read them to escape from, you know, whatever was happening in real life. And so I, first and foremost, just hope that it can be that for other readers. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, they, that they can immerse themselves in it and escape for a little bit in it and enjoy their time there with PoA um and then second um I hope it's sort of just like a intro I guess to Hmong (laughs) mythology um if you know if I'm lucky if I'm very fortunate uh the word Hmong might not be so like confusing when other people hear it now um you know because like I said the Hmong just get absolutely almost no no you know representation in mainstream mm. media and it would be a very very cool thing to you know for people to not be so surprised when they hear that I'm hung anymore like I'm, I'm used to it I'm you know I've heard all my life you know oh, what's hung you know like or like what is that um so I, I'm like I'm used to it I am and I don't mind explaining it at all because again even other Asians have not heard of Hmong you know it's not like you know exclusive to non-Asians um but it would just be very cool you know if Mm. that became more mainstream um and then third I guess you know Pahua's story it's just I wrote it part of I wrote it partly you know for like my 11 year old self who never saw myself in those fantasy stories Mm -hmm. and who thought that I couldn't be the heroes in these types of stories so you know for just any kids who are feeling like they're just too strange to fit in they don't look like everybody else they don't fit it or they just feel like they don't belong you know just this Mm -hmm. I just want them to be able to read the story and and just know that anyone can be the hero of you know an epic if they you know like regardless of how they look or how they talk or where they came from
0: that's amazing and I really hope people do take that but when they've got the book and that they've read it and that's the sort of thing that they get from it um, I think it's definitely it's important especially for the author for you as the author as well for people to obviously enjoy your work that's like the main thing like you said that you want to be able to entertain and be this sort of escape for readers as well but especially in terms of for what Rick Ryldin presents imprint represents itself of Right, being able to give this voice to mythologies and cultures that unfortunately publishing in like quote-unquote mainstream media don't see as significant enough to have this that more people who are of that background and more people just getting to experience it I think is definitely important I really really do hope that for you yourself as well that people do have that experience and they can share their stories with you and they can share Pua and Solstula to others as well so more people are introduced to it and I hope it has the impact that you want it to have and uh, people do enjoy the story basically this is to YouTube for any booktubers out there do reviews of *Pahua* and *The Soul Stealer*. Let everyone know. Get the big platform. <laughs> maybe I my platform's not that big, but maybe I can do it. <laughs> I'm not the best at giving reviews, but I will do it. I want more people to read *Pahua* and *The Soul Stealer* when it comes out. And um, I hope that even with this interview here with me, that more people will pre-order or buy and read um, *Pahua*'s story and get, see the messages in the story that you wanted them to see. Thank you. All right, fabulous. Um, for the kind of final sort of summary question, in in uh, for all of this, um, on your website, and yes, I'm just a teeny tiny little bit stalked your website a little bit. So fascinated. <laughs> um, If FBI, if you're listening, not in a criminal way, I swear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, uh, you have a fantastic number of resources for writers um, from things relating to world building to crafting villains and all these sort of incredible things, which I may or may not have used all of them in some way. Um, (laughs) What piece of advice um, in in regard to that would you offer to an aspiring writer um, in any form? Um,
1: I think it would be to not be afraid to fail I feel like like when I'm writing something and I think one of my for for myself personally one of the biggest like roadblocks to like um, getting words on the page is like just worrying that I'm going to get it wrong um, worrying that you know no one's going to want to read this so that it's you know it's junk, it's whatever. Um, so I, I, you just have to give yourself that permission to fail. You have to to, to write a terrible first draft because they're going to be terrible. That's what first drafts are. Um, and to write clunky dialogue and you know thin descriptors. And it's okay if you run into a plot hole. Um, you only learn in the doing and, and literally nothing can teach you how to be a better writer than to write and to write a lot. Um, and and then allow yourself to make those mistakes and then to learn from them because you can study as many craft books as you can you can have piles of craft craft books you can read you know as much you can like give yourself as many tools as you can but you only learn how to use them by actually writing and like failing and learning
0: so yeah <laughs> all right fabulous i love that and um yeah someone who's working on a first draft at the moment it is so bad but now I feel better <laughs> knowing that it's bad because it should be, it's to be bad. <laughs> yeah. all right future Fran feel more confident <laughs> believe in Absolutely. the first draft no matter how bad it is <laughs> just get those words out yes sprinting time I feel it. is what's going to come after this now all the riding sprints um <laughs> amazing thank you so much for that and thank you so much for for coming on to speak with me it's been an absolute pleasure I'm more excited than ever to read *Pura* and Soul Stealer and should I pre-order a second copy maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe I will I don't know I don't I don't technically need two copies but now I kind of want to get two copies uh, <laughs> a good thing for a friend exactly yeah i can i can justify that my wallet won't be able to but no i can justify (laughs) it it's fine all right so i'm gonna do that (laughs) immediately after this um and i've got the pre-order for uh broken web for anyone who has read forest of the souls the first of the series all these links for pre-orders and for forest of the souls itself will be in the description box or episode show notes if you're listening on the podcast um buy all the things or if you're young ask your parents to buy you all the things also requested Um, at
1: the library that's also oh library
0: yes as well that's Mm -hmm. that's a good I should probably not be telling children to ask their parents (laughs) to any parents listening I'm really sorry (laughs) libraries libraries are good take the library I'm oh god if I've started an argument between a parent and child I'm gonna feel so bad
1: (laughs) I feel like most parents would love for their kids to ask for books that's how I feel I have two kids and like if they want a book I'm like yes I will give you a book absolutely
0: okay I'll take that instead of worrying about starting an argument (laughs) now I can be like yes reading yeah (laughs)
1: literacy yes
0: (laughs) It's like that whole uh, what was it there the tv show Arthur's like having fun isn't hard and you've got a <laughs> library card so get a library card kids it's the best thing you can do I have to agree yep <laughs> sorry that went completely I'm, I'm to like <laughs> sing what that was Fran you're supposed to be professional in these things what is happening <laughs> oh gosh so to get back on to what I was meant to be doing, um, <laughs> Laurie, thank you so much for coming to speak with me and to, to give so much more information behind Pahua and the soul stealer of your journey as an author as well. And um, it's just been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad you said that in my head. was like, what? no, <laughs> it was. <laughs> You're delightful. Oh, cool. <laughs> um to everyone listening as i said um all the links for uh who in the soul stealer uh forest of souls and broken web will be in the episode show notes and uh on the description box on youtube um be sure to check out laurie on all of her social media which will also be linked as well uh for any updates that may be coming in future um and yeah (laughs) that's I don't know how to finish things now because I'm kind of like overwhelmed
1: (laughs) you're the first podcast I've done where I've talked about Pahua like just like specifically talked about
0: Pahua so oh that's great I'm glad to be be the first and I hope there'll be more as well in future to add more um advertisement and hype for um Pahua's story as well and um yeah to everyone listening yes you're all probably judging me at this point and you know what that's completely fair <laughs> but hopefully no that no will lead <laughs> to you are uh, all checking out laurie's work and um again just to finish, so I can stop embarrassing myself. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, um, and I hope the uh, release of and *The Soul Stealer* and for the sequel *Broken Web* for your series do incredibly well. And um, the, re- the the feedback that comes from it and the response is everything that you hope it will be. Thank you. All right, and to everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. I'm so sorry (laughs) for how I have ended this. Have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.